there, there are some moments in life, aren't there, where you, 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 you have that change. Something happens, and you begin to see things from a completely different perspective, and you think, how could I ever have thought the way I did before? Because you see things differently. Fifty years ago, this year, human beings saw something that no human being had ever seen, ever. People had seen sunrise, and they'd seen moonrise, but nobody had ever seen earth rise. And as Apollo 8 orbited the moon 50 years ago, they sent back this picture, which has become iconic. Some of you can never remember a time when you didn't know that's what the earth looked like, but 50 years ago was the first time anybody ever saw earth rise. And there, suspended in the darkness, was this blue gem. And that changed how people saw the world. People have never, ever looked at the world in the same kind of way again ever since that photograph 50 years ago, the world had its first selfie. <laughs> and it had an Apollo 8 moment. Isn't that extraordinary? That ball in the sky that's home to us. You know, there's something even greater than that that we need to see. The, the greatest thing that we need to see, the greatest Apollo 8 moment that we all need, is not just how amazing the world is. The most important thing we can ever come to see is that we need God. That is the most important thing that we can ever come to see. We need all kinds of things. We want all kinds of things. We want money. We want success. We want friends. We want life to go well. We want our health to be good. We want to have lots and lots of happy times. And sometimes those will come into our lives, and that's fantastic. They are good things. They are gifts from God. But the greatest thing that anybody needs to come to see is that moment, that Apollo 8 moment, where they suddenly realize, I need God. And even if I get everything else, if I don't see that, then my greatest need is for God. Then I will miss out. My life will never ever be what it should be. We need God because the world's a mess. You just have to put the televisions on. You just have to watch the news, read it, scroll down on your iPod on it, about it. But it's not just that the world is a mess, it's that our life is a mess. There are things that come into our lives that we can't control. And there are people who will hurt us in one way or another. Things will go wrong. We'll face disappointment. We'll, things will come against us that we can't deal with. And it's worse even than that. It's not just that it's out there. It's, as Johnny said this morning, it's in us. When we're honest, 
when we're honest about ourselves, we realize that we're not right. And the thing is, in my experience, a lot of the time, we just try not to think about those things. We try to get on with life. And so we never have that Apollo 8 moment where we realize the greatest need we have with God is for God because we can't deal with those things. However clever we become, however many things we achieve in our own life, we cannot deal with the mess. The greatest need is for us to realize that we need God. Now, there's a passage in the Old Testament. It's in Isaiah 64. And uh, if you want to turn to that, you can do it. It's in the church Bibles. It's page 746. Here's this guy, page 746 in Isaiah 64. Here's this guy, and he has seen his nation trashed. Everything that matters has been wiped out. He's seen genocide. He's seen people deported. There's ethnic cleansing. All the important things that made them a nation have been wiped out. And in verse 10, he says this. This is, this is his, his perspective on things. He says, your sacred cities have become a wasteland. Even Zion is a wasteland. Jerusalem, a desolation. A holy and glorious temple where our ancestors praised you has been burned with fire. And all that we treasured lies in ruins. All that we treasured lies in ruins. And again, it's not just that it's out there. It's personal as well. In verse 6, 747, all of us have become like one who's unclean. All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind our sins sweep us away. He realizes it's not just the political situation, the national situation. It goes deep into people's hearts. And there's that realization. God, we need you because we can't change this. We can't put it right. And at the beginning of the chapter, in chapter 64 and verse 1, he says, Oh, that you would rip the heavens apart and come down. God, would you just tear away what separates you from us and would you come down and deal with this because we can't. The most important thing that any human being can come to realize is what that man there realized. We need God more than anything else. You know, it's one thing to know that you need God. It's another thing to know that he'll do anything about it. Sometimes over the years I've talked to people and some people haven't believed in God and some people have. And if you talk to people who believe in God and ask them, can God do anything, they'll generally speaking say, well, yeah, he's certainly powerful because he's God, he can do stuff. But there's another question to ask. Not just, is God willing, is, is God able, but is God willing? Does he care? Not just is he 
able to do something about the mess that's out there and in us. But does he care enough to do anything? And not just does he care about people in general, but does he care about you? Does he care about your life? About who you are? The same guy here writing about his people as they've faced all this. He looks out and it seems as if God has given up on them. He's abandoned them. They're not there. In verse 7 he says, No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold on you, for you've hidden your face our sins from us and given us over to our sins. People are saying, maybe we've gone too far and God doesn't care anymore, so what's the point of asking him to do anything? See, it's not just, is God able? It's, does he care? Does he care about you? Does he care about us? Is it possible to reach a point where God doesn't care about us? May care about some other people, but not about me. In 1969, just a year after Apollo 8, Apollo 11 landed the first man on the moon. It's an extraordinary moment. Neil Armstrong, first human being to set foot on the moon. Just an amazing moment. Years and years of preparation. At the cost of some people's lives, it has to be said. At enormous expense, a great risk. These three astronauts went to the moon. And the first human being... Neil Armstrong stepped out. And he famously said this as he stepped out. That's a small step for a man, but a giant leap for mankind. Small step for a man, just one step. But it was a step on the moon, it's a giant leap for mankind. And he was right. It is even now extraordinary to look back and think about that event, a human being stepping out onto the moon. But you know there is an even greater movement than that. Something far, far more extraordinary than a man walking on the moon. It's a movement from heaven to earth. It's when God stepped out of his world, if you like, and stepped into ours in the person of Jesus Christ. It's the moment when God walked on the earth. That is a far greater movement than the movement of a human being to the moon. You know that prayer at the beginning of verse six, uh, chapter 64 in verse 1, when it is a prayer, God, would you please, in fact, it's not as polite as that, it's God, will you rip the heavens apart and come down? 
that prayer was answered. Some hundreds of years later, a man called John the Baptist was baptizing people and saying, God's about to move. He's about to do something. And as a sign, the people said they were ready for that. They got baptized in the Jordan. They got wet, very wet. There was a young guy from Nazareth came. And his name was Jesus. And he got baptized along with the crowds. But then something happened. In Mark chapter 10, 1 and verse 10, it says this. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart. And the Holy Spirit, God, God's Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my son whom I love. I am well pleased with you. That prayer in Isaiah 64, God, will you come? Do whatever it takes. Rip the heavens apart and come down was answered. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 10, when Jesus is baptized and the heavens are ripped over, open. That is the greatest movement ever. When God stepped onto the earth in the person of Jesus Christ and lived a human life, lived amongst us, walked amongst us, was here for us. When Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin walked on the moon, you know they left a mark behind? They left the plaque, but they left footprints, and they're still there. Because there's no atmosphere on the moon, and so they're still there. If you were to go back, you'd still see them. It says, a man walked here. Jesus Christ left a mark. It's the mark of the cross. And the cross says... I care about you, whoever you are. God has come for you. God has done everything that's necessary for you. I have given my life for you. The greatest thing that we need to know is that we need God but it's not just knowing that. It's knowing that he cares and has done everything that's necessary to deal with your mess and mine. And sort us out. And if you like, we live our lives upside down. They're the wrong way up and Jesus turns them around. Is God able? Yes. Is he willing? The cross demonstrates that God loves you and he cares about whoever you are and whatever you've done. And there is no point, no place where you can go where God will not reach out to you and say, I love you. I am for you. I care. The only thing that stands between you and God dealing with the mess in your life 
turning your life right way up, coming to you, the only thing that stands between you and that is you. You. Because you need God and He's able and He's willing. And He says, Come, come. The only thing that stands between what God has for you and receiving that is you. Because some people will say, I really don't care. Some people might say, I'm not good enough. But actually, none of us are good enough. That's why he came. Some people might say, I'm not interested. Some people might say, not today. Some people might say, it's not important. Some people might say, I really don't believe this. I don't think God could do anything for me. I don't believe that what God has for me is really that important and matters. The only thing that stands between you and what God has for you is you. And here's the thing. Every single person who says, in some way, God, I need you, please come. He comes. He comes. Because he cares. And he's done everything that's necessary And he's demonstrated that by coming to us in the person of Jesus and dying on the cross for us. You see, we need an Apollo 8 moment to realize the greatest need we have is for Jesus Christ, for God. But we need an Apollo 11 moment as well. And the Apollo 11 moment is saying, He cares. I need him and he's willing. And then? Well, what would you do? What will you do? Will you say, Lord, will you come to me? Will you change me? Will you come and work in my life and my heart? Will you start to work in me as you come to me and bring me forgiveness and begin to restore me and begin to point me in the direction of my life that you've planned for me because you're good and you want what's good for me. And so I give my life to you. That's the only thing that stands between you and receiving them. I'm going to pray in a moment. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes if you like. Some of you, you've already come to Jesus and you've said yes. And for some of you, maybe a very, very long time ago, which is great because God sticks with us long term. He doesn't accept us for just a short while. It's a lifetime's commitment on his part to us. And so, as I pray, you may, be want, you may want to say again, Father, thank you so much that I came to realize that above everything else, I needed you. I needed Jesus. 
And thank you for helping me to see that you were willing, that you cared about me and you were willing to receive me and change me. So it's an opportunity to say thank you. And maybe for some of you tonight, you want to take that first step of saying, I realize I need you. I don't realize perhaps how much I need you, but I recognize I do. And only you can do what you can do. And I need that.